If the Joker is so evil, why doesn't he molest children? Brace. What? That would be. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know what's There's crazy? No, okay. He's never done it. So. Uh, <laughs> doesn't he kill children as far well, as I know? Well, first of all, he's supposed to be like an antihero. So no pedo antiheroes. He's supposed to be an antihero? I mean, isn't he? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Is yeah. there a Batman in this movie? I haven't seen Joker yet. Uh, no, I don't think so. Everyone says it's terrible. Well, but also everyone's like. Did people actually think it was going to be good? Is my real question. Absolutely. Yeah. They're like, this okay. is like Taxi Those Driver. People... Tamper your, tamper your expectations. I'm thinking of River Phoenix. What if River Phoenix was in it? Well, he's dead. I know. But what if... But, that would, that so would be you the real Joker's But trick. if they were to, like... If they wanted to one-up themselves on Incel Joker... Yeah. Pedo Joker. Yeah, he'd be like... You know, they're just drawings of young That's girls. Like, isn't, that, <laughs> <laughs> isn't that, like, what the Pied Piper is? The Pied Piper is a, uh, absolutely... It's pedo Joker. There's, uh, he even wears, like... He's like festooned, basically. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the thing is, pre I would say nineteen fifties, sixties, one in three adults was pe- a pedophile. No, uh... almost everyone, because they didn't know. <laughs> you couldn't know how old someone was before then. Before the advent of birth certificates, there was no proof. So you'd be like, "I thought he was eighteen. I thought this baby." Was twenty seven years old. This is not. This is not how. This <laughs> I'm just works. bringing all these kids to this cave using my pipe, uh, and then what does he put rats in the town after that? <laughs> He's like, I'm stealing all your children, and replacing them with rats. Yeah, it was like to teach a lesson, wasn't it? People just every lesson was learned pre fifties via rats and child abduction. <laughs> <laughs> there was no other way. People were too stupid. Schools weren't like, there That's, was no common core. is that kind of how the Ninja Turtles came to be? A Nin- rat abducted yes. young turtles? Yeah, yeah. But it's, <laughs> it's he, he made the turtles human into teenagers and then they, then they wanted to fuck Yeah, they're with, teenagers. Yeah. They're not adult. By definition, not adults. So you've got a grandmaster mm-hmm. rat man Orientalist. Pied piping these yeah. little teen turtles and sending them out on adult adventures doesn't I, sound too they, above the above the Imagine being the reporter they wanted to fuck. Oh my god. Yeah, well these turtles want to fuck in April. April, April O'Neil, O'Neil, of yeah. course. Typical Irish. I was obsessed with her when I was a kid. And when I was a kid in England, mm-hmm. I remember being out on the playground and the boys wouldn't let me play Ninja Turtles because I was a girl. Everyone's like, we think you're Jewish and we love Jeremy Corbyn. <laughs> <laughs> you can't play with the turtles with us. <laughs> oh, I seen you baking the blood in the matzo, mate. <laughs> you can't. What? <laughs> Um, hello. Guys, I'm back. Liz has been... Res- we found her. <laughs> yeah, she went into hiding after a mass shooting at a Joker premiere. No, that's not what happened. Um, I just... Back. I got sick of you and I didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, she did. I had to go black bag her. <laughs> Bring her back here. Waterboarded me. I had to be like, Liz, please come with me to a second location. <laughs> <laughs> I will give you $5,000. Uh... Do you want to intro us, Liz? Ride uh, the lightning again, baby. Hi, hello. Welcome to Trunon. I'm Liz. I am Brace. We are joined 
by Young Chomsky, our producer. Yeah, and we are back. Yes. Uh, back from, I wouldn't even call that a hiatus. It's just been a single episode. And <laughs> it happened, so it wasn't a hiatus. And it was just for Patreon, so... All you cheapos, you didn't miss anything. Yeah, you guys still think Liz has been alive this whole time instead <laughs> of resurrected by me via all all that was left of Liz was her frozen head and penis. And I had to uh Um, really quick before we start. Yeah. I want to give a special shout out to long, long, long time friend of the pod, Hayden Sheepler. Yes. Who is, I believe, listening. And Hello, Hayden. <laughs> If our our friend Hayden um, is having some uh, medical issues in the family, and we just want to have all of our listeners, uh, religious or not, send some extremely large, joyous, psychic energy towards the Schiebler family. Think healing, love, beauty. Uh, but seriously, send send psychic energy towards me. Yes, him. and also, um, I would be remiss if I didn't also mention that Hayden has posted a uh, link to donate for some medical funds, and I'll include that in our show notes if any of our listeners are feeling so inclined as they should. Good idea. Um, so Hayden, we are thinking of you and your dad and your family, and thanks for listening. Yes. Now, to talk about Alan J. W. C. Dershowitz. <laughs> Our man is back in the news. I love it when he comes back. It's People are always like, man, I can't wait till Alan Dershowitz or like, what's the other guy? Henry, they look the same. It's like the same guy to me. Henry Kissinger. I want these guys to live forever. Henry Kissinger foils. looks like... Alan Dershowitz. The bloated, decomposing corpse of Alan Dershowitz. It's a, it's fantastic. Dude, imagine that. It's like just, a Russian doll of just... Background like, of eyes wide shut, just fucking oh, oh, undulating on some, like, prostrate 19-year-old. So disgusting. Oh, some young girls are yelling at me from outside. No <laughs> means no. Time's up. Um, okay, so a couple things about Mr. Dershowitz came in the news. One is that Alan Dershowitz is publishing a new book. Yes. Out in November. <laughs> Alan Dershowitz's new book will counter the hashtag MeToo movement. Oh, this, should, this will end it once and for all. I, you know, sometimes there's just these little things that drop down to earth, like little gifts from God. Mm-hmm. And in all of my days... I did not expect, though perhaps I should have, that Alan Dershowitz mired in sex scandal after sex scandal. Just thousands of them. Would decide that now is the time to publish his polemic against Me Too. Oh my God, his mind. It's beautiful. I mean, it's, you know, this is a a genius. He is, uh, I honestly, like, this will end it. Rebecca Traster, time's up, bitch. <laughs> the book is called. <laughs> Who's Rebecca Traster? Ugh, don't even get she me wrote started. The Obama Boys article. Uh oh, wait. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Traster. Okay, go ahead then. Uh, ugh, that just put me in a bad mood. Alan, I'd rather talk about Alan Dershowitz than Rebecca Traster. <laughs> Same we'll just, thing. We'll just leave it at that. Um, so Alan Dershowitz's book is titled Guilt. 
by accusation. The challenge of proving innocence in the age of hashtag MeToo. Mm-hmm. The book is slated for release November 19th from Skyhorse Publishing and is expected to be the publicity-seeking attorneys. Gotta love the New York Post. Yeah. Most concerted effort yet to counter the claims that he had sex with Virginia Jeffrey. So this is, it's basically just to counter that claim. I mean, it's kind of crazy to turn, like, <laughs> you know, turn your defense. The, yeah. Like, basically, no, I didn't, I did not have sex with this woman who was a sex slave on Jeffrey My- Epstein's private island, which maybe I had been at, I don't know. Can't remember. Can't remember. Um, with, like, a published polemic. <laughs> yes. A book. A book on an entire movement that by the way, has nothing to do yeah. with Jeffrey Epstein even the, or these allegations even, against like, like, and this is, this is the thing too, because I am, I do like to identify mm-hmm. as hashtag me too critical. Mm-hmm. And I do have a lot of criticism that I could get into. I'm not going to. Yeah. It's for rich women. That's for a different podcast. Can I say that? Uh, yeah, I'd go further than that though, but I'm not going to, but There's absolutely no way that my criticism is the same as Ellen Dershowitz's. What if it is? No, there's no way. And also, Virginia Jeffrey didn't Me Too (laughs) Ellen Dershowitz. She was like, you raped me. This is not a Me Too. This isn't like fucking feminist currents didn't publish like Virginia Jeffrey being like, my night with Ellen. Like, Mm, it was... Virginia Jeffrey, like... Jeffrey Epstein turned me into a sex slave. My memoir published by Babe.net. She wasn't like... Virginia Jeffrey has like 800 Twitter followers. She's not like a Me Too person. Yeah, Virginia Jeffrey isn't trying to take Alan Dershowitz's job. She put him... Well, he's he's a writer sometimes and an op-ed person. So actually, the (laughs) the Epstein case was broken on the shitty men in media list. (laughs) Moira Donegan's new book, Guilt by Accusation... (laughs) It is, yeah, it is fucking ridiculous. Uh, I cannot wait to read it. It's uh, also smart. Honestly, though, it is smart of Alan to try to lump himself in with Me Too. Because I think a lot of people, even like more, let's say, le- or less critical people of it are like, well, what it, what did it really accomplish? Mm-hmm. Not a whole lot for, for most women. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alan's like, yeah, look, it was all bullshit, including the one about me. <laughs> yeah. Um in the book, according to a spokeswoman for Skyhorse, Dershowitz is claiming to have turned over travel documents that showed he could not have had sex with Jeffrey to Julie Brown, the investigative reporter from the Miami Herald, whose stories about Epstein's alleged sex trafficking helped spur the reopening of the case. Yeah. So this is just all a bunch of, I didn't do it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, or if I did it. Yeah, I look forward to Barry Weiss. In conversation with Alan Dershowitz about the Me Too movement. Forthcoming, I'm sure, in the op-ed pages of the failing New York Times. I'm looking at more of Skyhorse Publishing's output. And they have Charles Manson's Creepy Crawl, The Many Lives of America's Most Infamous Family. by the, Which I'm sure pales to chaos, which is a fantastic book. Mm. Uh, and they also have Diana, Case Solved. Yeah, uh, no, the definitive how about account ca- that proves Case really- Unsolved? Yeah, I would actually go ahead and say Case Still Open. Yeah. A case might be solved on this podcast, but it's definitely not being solved by the people who also put Fix It and Forget It, the big cookbook, 1800 best, uh, 1400 best slow cooker recipes. Is that affiliated with Pow Wow Chow? Yes. By the way, yeah, I, this has nothing to do with Epstein, but just to be clear, Elizabeth Warren 
wrote, and actually it appears to be she plagiarized recipes from the New York Times food section for a cookbook her family put out called Pow Wow Chow. I don't know if her family put it out, but I yeah. believe her brother put it out oh. or her like wrote it or whatever. Um, imagine if Bernie was like, yeah, this is my ep- uh, recipe for my family's ancient General Cho's chicken, <laughs> which my Chinese grandfather <laughs> made. It's ridiculous. Is that not? Jews love Chinese food. We do love Chinese food. And there's actually Kaifeng Jews in China. They're Chinese Jews that converted it, I think, uh, many centuries ago. Interesting. Yes. Okay, so there's back back to what our podcast is actually about. Although I do love to talk shit about Elizabeth Warren. There's more Dershowitz news. Yes. So we enter the realm of the legal with this. <laughs> uh, also Dershowitz, known as the law. The law. The, legal, the legalities of the situation, etc., are thus. Uh, so, you know, everyone knows that there is these new tranche. They love calling it of a tranche of documents. Tranche. Coming, a tranche of documents coming out. Uh, which I am going to. I had the first uh, batch printed out, tranche. and uh, I had the first tranche <laughs> p- printed out and put in some binders. Oh, I put them in the binders myself, along uh, with all the women. Yeah, remember yeah, women in binders? Comp- yeah, I got some binders full of sex slaves. Uh, <laughs> anyways, there is a second tranche that is going to be released, or a judge is perhaps going to order their release. Yeah, uh, judges, judges judging. Yes. Right uh, I believe they are from the Virginia Jeffrey uh, lawsuit against Ghislaine Maxwell. Yes. Uh, which Ghislaine has long been saying that, uh, no, you don't need to release these. Actually, they're just totally stupid. That, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean why would you even want to read them? It's dumb. Uh, and now there are some John Doe's because the big news around this is there are apparently 1,000 names in this. Which yes. I can't wait to read about one Bill Gates, allegedly. Thousand. <laughs> one one thousand pedof- That's uh Are you doing an Austin Powers? That's a Dr. Evil, though it is also played by Mike Myers. I can't do it good, so I stop myself mid-sentence. Uh here is from also from the New York Post. Lawyers for the John Doe filed the letter Tuesday. This is the letter saying, please don't say that I'm a pedophile, uh, or please don't release the documents. Just a day before Epstein's self-procained sex slave, Virginia Roberts Jeffrey, is expected to join her lawyers in court as they continue efforts to unseal thousands of pages of documents. Uh, but now, Alan Dershowitz is actually requesting that those documents be unsealed. He has long said that these documents will somehow... Clear his name. Clear his name. He, by just making sure that we know everybody else is a pedophile, so it's totally normal. Yeah, and so this is even weirder, is that um, apparently Dershowitz has also like recorded a conversation mm-hmm. between him and David Boyce. Who you really, who is a lawyer for some of the girls. In fact, you should call him David Girls. Mm-hmm. He's a lawyer for some of the girls that are uh, parties or were former victims of Jeffrey Epstein. Yes, that are suing. Also a lawyer for Harvey Weinstein. Yes, he famously is the uh, was representing Weinstein when Weinstein allegedly hired Mossad agents, Black Cube, to sick them on journalists investigating Weinstein. Yeah, so it's very weird. Um, Dershowitz says that he transcribed the audio himself of this recording between him and boys. <laughs> it's such a baller says, <laughs> says the recording captures boys casting doubt on the claims of his firm's client, Virginia Jeffrey. 
Yeah, and you remember he was Dershowitz has long maintained that uh, Virginia Jeffrey was made to to say to accuse Dershowitz by her lawyers and was pressured into it. He uses as evidence some emails that like could be sort of interpreted that way if you're being if you're of the mind to interpret them in that manner, but aren't certainly are not unambiguously uh, meant to read read as such. I don't understand. That, yeah, I think that was kind of a jumbled sentence. So Alan Dershowitz has long maintained that Virginia Jeffrey was put up right. to uh, to accuse him by her lawyers. In fact, I think by actually a different set of lawyers than David Boyes. Um, and there are some emails that if you read them very ungenerously, they they make it seem they could make it seem that way but it's certainly like there's a lot of ambiguity there it's not it's not a cut and dry thing whatsoever and obviously Alan Dershowitz allegedly did it so it's not like yeah she could have just been afraid to say that he did it because now look what happens this is like one of those situations so this is like the whole in my opinion Mm -hmm. this is like the whole Biden Trump thing yeah where you're just like there's no good side here no. Well, Virginia Jeffrey. Well, no, no, no. I'm talking about between boys oh, and yeah. Dershowitz. No, no, Because yeah. the stuff with boys representing these victims, we've long said, has smelled like a real limited hangout. Yes. And, like, he has been, he's like, you know, the crowd he runs with is not one that I would say is on the side of justice for victims (laughs) no and especially with these uh these totally unsurprising lisa bloom revelations where well that's gloria allred's daughter who it turns out was working extensively for harvey weinstein against the victims that her mother was representing yeah so it's like all of these like first of all i don't trust david boys at all i don't trust anyone over 30 (laughs) but it just makes me very sad because so it's like you know (laughs) I don't want to like root for Alan Dershowitz. No, and I don't want to root for boys. Uh uh-uh. uh It's like, what am I supposed to do? Well, we should root for a lone gunman. Sorry, what? Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, don't uh, say that. Yeah, no, it's 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 just one of those things where it's like people trying to find. It's like Hong Kong and China. Just kidding. Cut that. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those things where it's like I'm interested to see what happens, but I'm certainly not in anyone's corner here. Yeah, I just I wouldn't. That's the one thing I would say, like, I don't know. As much as I want to clown on Dershowitz at the same time, I don't want to clown so hard on him that then I end up protecting boys. Do you get what I'm saying? Like, in my opinions, obviously, I don't have any sway over anything. Except, obviously, this podcast is very powerful. Yeah, uh, clearly so. So speaking of Ghislaine. Miss Ghislaine Maxwell. Mm-hmm. Yes. You've been doing a little research. Yes. So um, let's break the fourth wall a little bit here. <laughs> Brace and I were planning on a big episode on Ghislaine. Yes. And we still are. And we have some stuff to talk about with Ghislaine. But what's really crazy is the wormhole you get into. Mm-hmm. And you start looking into stuff with Ghislaine, and then, of course, her dad, Robert, and then her sisters. 
And that's where we maybe got a little off track. Yeah. I I wish I was being pushed off the yacht right now <laughs> because that would simplify my life immensely. So let's start with Gillian. Christmas baby. She was born on Christmas. Jo- you know who else was? Jesus. Himself. <laughs> <laughs> she was born on Christmas Day, 1961, mm-hmm. allegedly. From her her lard ass father, <laughs> Brace. You know a great deal about Robert Maxwell. Robert Maxwell at this point was nine hundred pounds <laughs> and five foot four. Did they like call him like the Beast? Yeah, Rob. Well, he was. It's funny because he was really handsome and charming and smooth. Uh, let's let's back up here a little bit about Robert. He was a uh, Jewish man, much like myself, and then that is where the similarity ends, I assure you. Uh, <laughs> born in Czechoslovakia, which also became Hungary. It's like one of those regions between uh, in, in, in Middle Europa that, that uh, changed hands quite a few times. Um, he fled to Britain during World War II, uh, joined British, uh, the British Army, became an officer, mm-hmm. possibly committed a war crime by killing an unarmed German officer, which he was oh. being investigated for. No harm, no foul with that one. Fine with me. Uh, everyone he knew, I believe, was killed uh, in the Holocaust, and he started despising Hungarians. That is besides the point. <laughs> he 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 was smart because he brought up basically all these German like technical manuals like immediately after the war ended and started Pergamot. Per- Pergamon Press. Press. Yeah, we're going to talk about them a little bit later. And made a bunch of money off of that and then uh, created this giant publishing empire, ruled it like a tyrant, uh, started looking like shit immediately after Get Rich with much respect on that because (laughs) I would too. And became basically a rival to Rupert Murdoch, often actually called, and I hate to say this, the socialist Rupert Murdoch because he was once a labor MP. Yes. Um, so he married a woman named Elizabeth Maxwell, mm-hmm. Betty, as they called her. Oh, yeah, that's generally what you and shortened she, Elizabeth to. Yeah, Elizabeth, no relation, described her husband as, quote, bullying, unfaithful, and frequently absent. You know, she died in poverty. Yes. Due to, well, we'll talk about Robert's death in a minute. Yeah. So they had nine kids. My man. <laughs> Nine children. They can, Robert, Bobby Buston. <laughs> Ghislaine, Ian, Kevin, Isabel, Christine, they're twins. Kareen, Philip, Anne, and Michael. So Kareen died at three. Yes. And, and one, one of, of the brothers. Brothers? Was, yeah, so actually one of the brothers, he was, I, th- he, uh, I think he was like 13 when Ghislaine was born. Mm-hmm. But like two days, this is so crazy, you guys. Like two days before Gillian was born, yeah. he was in a car. Her brother was in a car accident, uh-huh. immediately in a coma uh-huh. for six years. Six year coma. Six year coma, and then. My God. Yeah, and so apparently, Betty, Betty Maxwell, yeah, Mama, Mama Gillian, mm-hmm. says that Gillian developed anorexia as a toddler to deal with. The horror of her brother's coma. Wait, wait. Anorexia <laughs> as... She is the most advanced woman known to man. I mean, it's... that I've never heard of that. 
How do you develop anorexia? That's just not eating because you're like, no, food's gross because I'm a baby. Yeah, I don't think babies really have that. I know it's very strange. Yeah, she's like trying to like it's. Ugh, I'm I'm uh, that's gross. Also, like, how are you even affected by a coma of someone you never met when they were not in a coma when you're a toddler? I know it's all very well. I mean, she if, must you be know, an empath, but. Also, if you've got absent parents, you know. Yes. And Robert Not a lot was... of physical... I mean, if the mother is distressed, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of physical contact with the mother, that can be very, you know, that's imprints on the child. Happened to me. Oh, really? Yeah. My mother was like a drug addict. Oh, baby face. Uh, so Robert was quite busy around that time fucking everything that moved. <laughs> In his like... He had like a Trumpian like gold... Ugh. Like penthouse, basically, that he he screwed everything that walked in. Yes, apparently. Well, I guess Gillian was Robert's favorite daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, much to the most likely chagrin of the other daughters. I would assume that would not make them happy. Yes, who were about I think about ten years older than her at the time. Yeah, so that's big difference. Uh, yeah, it's. <sighs> he sounds like. A real patriarch. Absolutely. In all senses of the word. Classic. He would make Ghislaine... They found They found actually a letter from, from, from her to him. He would make her go to these parties and then write up reports about what everyone said about him afterwards. Yeah, he would interrogate all the kids at the dinner table, like at their manor in England... Grilling them about geopolitics mm-hmm. and foreign leaders and what was going on in the news. I guess we would be a little remiss not to mention exactly what his relationship with some foreign leaders was. Well, that's the thing. So he was a, quote, publishing Dis- tycoon. Yes. And he was. He was. He's, and so he that's, definitely that's was legit. an MP in Parliament. Mm-hmm. But as we've alluded to and talked about on the show before... Uh, Robert Maxwell was also what some have called a super spy. Yes. He was basically... So the way it works in intelligence is that there are agents and there are assets. And Maxwell blurred the lines between those. He, first of all, he basically like financed Israel's beginning air force in like 47. He got him planes. Huh. Which is... Yeah, that's a little... Kind of early for him too. Yeah. Uh, and then worked for them as just a pro. We'll do a whole episode on him later. We because we yeah because we want to get into the kids. Yeah, but he was a prolific spy. Yes, uh, possibly also was the person who lured the whistleblower on the Israel's nuclear program who went to England, lured him back to the embassy, had him black bagged, taken back to Israel's secret closed door trial. Oof. Yeah, buried. Well, we'll talk about that later. How yeah, so. Um, he, which we've mentioned before, he died, um, basically in the midst of almost bankruptcy, a bankruptcy scandal. Uh, yeah. That's almost an understatement. Yeah. He had actually, cause he was a super rich guy, right? Yeah. Until but, he wasn't. Yeah. But yeah, he was too. running out of money and he was possibly also threatening Israel with exposing a lot of their secrets if they didn't give him a bunch of, if they didn't basically bail him out, which may have been why he was pushed off the yacht. Excuse me, fell off his yacht. Well, that's the thing. So, yeah, he, in 1991, he was found in the ocean Mm -hmm. off the Canary Islands. Yeah. And they said off of his yacht, the lady Uh Gillane, named after his favorite daughter. Mm -hmm. 
And there was a real question. Even the New York Times said pu- fell or pushed. Yes. Although some speculated suicide because of uh, the Impending. nature of his financial situation. And his financial situation was this. He was ripping off everybody's pensions. Like there were no pensions anymore anywhere in his empire. Oof. Not for everybody, but for almost everybody. Uh, you can actually listen to there's some I think uh, witness BBC shorts about like uh, was one of them about a journalist who kind of got ripped off by him, which just was in his empire. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, he uh, took like hundreds of millions of dollars from his employees. So when the New York Times was reporting that he went uh, his death, they said, Meanwhile, colleagues who knew of telephone conversations Mr. Maxwell had from the yacht with family members and business associates in the hours before he died expressed bafflement, saying there was nothing in his manner to suggest he was distressed or acting oddly. Does this remind you of something, my fair lady? Hmm. I seem to recall a certain other uh, Jewish billionaire. I should just say billionaire. Um, financier. <laughs> financier. I, it's, remember, I'm Jewish, so it's okay, assistant. Uh, <laughs> uh, a certain other financier, uh, billionaire, who was uh, in high spirits before his sudden, mysterious, and convenient demise. Yes. I. Yeah. It sounds a lot like the reporting around Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway... Israel gives him a state funeral. As one, everyone gets that. Uh, attended by the con- the country's political elite, and he was buried on the Mount of Olives yes. in Jerusalem. With military honors, I believe. Oh, boy. Or maybe it's just state honors, but regardless, it's... So one of the... Part of um, Maxwell's uh, newspaper empire is actually the New York Daily News. Oh. And so... It's interesting because a lot of reporting around Ghislaine says that she, in the in the months after her father's death, mm-hmm. is when she left Britain to move to the States to like yes. start a new life. On a Concord whatever. jet. Yes, on a Concord jet, yes. But actually, some reporting at the time uh, kind of paints a different story, which says that uh, Robert actually asked her to move to New York to sort of... Uh, establish the Maxwell name mm-hmm. in society, in New York society, to kind of like gin up support for the newspaper. Yeah, he was pretty big. And get information into the papers, into the gossip pages, society connections, etc. Cetera, et cetera. You told me about a specific society connection they wanted to make, uh, marriage wise. Right? Oh yeah, he was obsessed with allegedly obsessed with the idea of getting Gillane. To marry JFK Jr. That's weird because, you know, I have that weird connection to the Kennedys. I know. But also, it's also just very funny given the whole Q situation. Yes, JFK Jr. <laughs> oh, my God. But so the thing, too, to remember, which which I always found fascinating, is that basically the Maxwell name mm-hmm. shortly before Robert's death had been like completely ruined. Absolutely thrown in the mud. It was like trash. Yeah. In the UK. And so a lot of the kids came to the States because they knew no one would knew who they were. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of an interesting I mean, you know, you think back, it's not like the internet, you know, yeah. So, you know, across the pond, you You're I guess like, they this didn't is have a British problem. lady, yeah. Yeah. So Ghislaine sets up shop in the early nineties mm-hmm. in Bright Lights, Big City, Manhattan. She lived in the Friends apartment. No. <laughs> yeah, her, Jeffrey, and five other girls. <laughs> yes. 
Uh, I'll be there for And she you. was going around <laughs> insisting that uh, her father was murdered. Yeah, she was obsessed with the idea, apparently, that Robert was murdered by what she said, Mossad agents and also Sicilian mobsters. Well, a little let's put a little point on that, because the mob and intelligence agencies have been sometimes basically indistinguishable from each other. Uh, Yeah. I mean, look at JFK. Right, right, right. Uh, And it's so that's not that far fetched. I mean, especially around the Sicilian. I, I like that. The, the just the little detail about them being Sicilian and not Italian. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're not. They're, she's a Sicilian nationalist uh, sympathizer. <laughs> so, there, you know, there's not a lot of... There's a couple, like, gossip items mm-hmm. about her in the late 90s, but not a lot until the early 2000s when that's, like, right when they start kind of reporting on Jeffrey. Yes. In the society pages. Mm-hmm. And Ghislaine is sort of rumored to be, obviously, his girlfriend, then it's reported that she is his girlfriend, but it didn't work out. But now they remain best of friends. And that she was uh, very adept at hooking him up with her friends. Yes. This is from an old piece. In one way, they are soulmates, yet they are hardly companions anymore. It's a nice conventional relationship where they serve each other's purposes. Oof. So, curiously, the New York Post in the late 90s had this to say about Epstein. And this is so funny because, well, I'll say in a second why this is so funny. Epstein is an enigmatic figure. Mm -hmm. Rumors abound, including wild ones, about a career in the Mossad and, contrarily, the CIA. Contrarily. Some have even said that he was once a concert pianist. He seems to deny nothing and admits even less. And here's one of the former girlfriends said, He told me he was a spy hired by corporations to find major amounts of money which, he, which had been embezzled. So this is something we'd heard before, but I just love that. So this is stuff that was being alleged in Y2K. Yeah. As we used to call it. Uh, I've heard. Hmm. Um, <laughs> you were just a baby then, Liz. Mm-hmm. You were suckling at my breast. How could you have Ugh. even... <laughs> baby anorexia. <laughs> um, no, but so, you know, all this like, especially in the, you know, mainstream, lamestream media, mm-hmm. all this like, we don't know if Jeffrey was CIA. We don't know if he was involved. It's like, no, you bozos yeah. have been talking about this. For over 10 years. Yeah, honk, honk, you fucking clowns. Like, yeah, who's this Joker? Is, we got this from we you. We got jokers in the papers. Exactly, yeah. This jokers is, to the left of me, clowns on the right. Everyone, yeah, damaged beyond repair. <laughs> so I just want to say that anyone who's still questioning, all of our listeners, I'm sure you get some concerned troll friends who are like, Man, I don't know, I'm boring and have no imagination and no one likes me. It's conspiracy, you know, it's Occam's razor. I will use that razor. <laughs> to cut your throat, to, bitch. No, to make you a fucking falsetto. I will remove <laughs> your balls. We will make a new generation of castrati, some scoptics. You can't stop saying that. I can't stop saying castrati. Anyway, this is, sh- the, yeah, it's been in the papers. Yeah. This is known. Also, it's crazy that they say Mossad and, contrarily, the CIA. It's people love to pretend like the CIA and Mossad are, like, somehow at odds. Or that, like, my, my favorite is when people think that Israel somehow controls America. 
when it's it's Israel is a CIA op. It's like it's it's it's, it's literally yeah. Might as well. It's fucking. It's it's uh, uh, like yeah. They Center if you're yourself, president please. of Israel, you are the station chief for Palestine. Is what that means. Right. Like it is. Yeah. It is. It is basically a fucking military outpost. Um, like Israel is just a military base for yeah, the United States. Absolutely. Uh, All right. I hope I don't get shit for them. Well, it's what's going to happen? Some. Yeah. I guess labor friends of Israel are going to put some charges up on you. <laughs> so okay. So let's uh, for a second. Mm-hmm. This is you know. So we're looking into Ghislaine, and she's very, like like they described Jeffrey, very enigmatic figure. Especially during this period. A big fixture in New York society, mm-hmm. as is well documented with her appearance at, of course, Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Yes. With her little... Her little... A little poke out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a cute little photo. I, photo um, but bomber. also all the, you know, she's all over Getty, you know, Getty images, society functions. Mm-hmm. She's in the papers. Girl about town. Yeah. So looking into this, what was really interesting was then what happened to her sisters. Because they were girls about a different town. Yeah. Okay. So we want to focus a little bit. We're going to kind of like move the conversation Mm -hmm. out of the Ghislaine orbit and into the Christine and Isabel Maxwell orbit. Now, these are the older twins. Twins. I was just about to say something, but I'm not going to anymore. Satanic. No. Much more open to Satanism. I don't think so. A twin... There is... Mm, okay. But there is something, you know... They've got... Twin telepathy is a thing. Twin telepathy is an absolute thing. I Ask know Dr. a twin. Uh-huh. I know two twins. Yeah. One set of twins. Shout out, Rosa, Bella. So wait, do you. you know... Are these four people you're talking about or two? See, this is why One I get One set confusing. of twins. You just know you know two, two people. people. Yeah, okay. One set of twins. Yeah. They're great. Twins, huh? Oh my gosh. Uh yeah. They're, so they are rather different, but also kind of similar yes. to some so other members they, of the family. They also move to the United States. To the West Coast. The West Coast. The West Coast. Mm-hmm. They uh Christine. Maxwell. Well, she actually, in the 70s, worked as a middle school teacher. That's right. Christine. Okay, this is so weird. So Christine goes, she's a middle school teacher. Mm-hmm. She then, she like publishes a like dictionary. Yeah, the per, permag, Pergamon, I can't, I don't know why I can't say this. The Pergamon Dictionary of Perfect Spelling. Uh, which was a dictionary for dyslexic people. Which is very sweet. Mm-hmm. Very great. But then, do you know? Do you know what her next career was? No. Tech. Oh. Which makes total sense. Well, who among us hasn't gone from being a middle school teacher to being a tech baron? Actually, let's let's be clear. She was like a tech queen. Yeah. So she. Um, <laughs> she goes from being a book editor in publishing in England to then being a co-founder of one of the first mm-hmm. internet search engines in the United States. That would be Magellan, Magellan, Magellan slash Excite. 
Magellan was bought by Excite. Gotcha. For a cool $16 million. That's nothing. So I just want to like, okay, one, just because this, when I was reading about this, it started really blowing my mind. She was the creator of it. Yes. Christine and her twin sister, Isabel, created uh, one, what they called one of the first internet dictionaries. But it wasn't. It was a search engine. Yes. In September 1995. Now... They also worked with, this is where it's going to get weird, you guys. I'm sorry. That Christine Maxwell's husband, Roger Molina. Mm-hmm. Now, that name probably doesn't sound too familiar, but perhaps his father does. His father was Frank Molina. Of the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Yes. Now, Brace, do you know what the Jet Propulsion Laboratory was? Uh, only kind of, and I'll be bad at explaining it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Frank Molina worked with another famous man named Jack Parsons out of Caltech in 1936 to 1940, which was at basically the Guggenheim Aeronautical Laboratory, which went on to become the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. It was a NASA thing later too, right? Later it gets contracted by NASA. But this is basically the only university-based rocket research center. They're basically, they were looking into jet propulsion technology. Mm -hmm. And after their work at Caltech, it gets swooped up by the Army, Mm -hmm. by DOD, and funded through there. The one thing I do know is that they later worked very closely in collaboration with uh, celebrated freedom lover and champion of democracy, Werner von Braun. Yes, yes. The famed Nazi who was the uh, prize piggy of Operation Paperclip. Operation Paperclip is the operation where American uh, intelligence removed as many Nazi scientists as possible from Germany before the Soviets could get them. Right. And so it led to a lot of people who had done some very nasty things, including creating the V-2 rocket. Uh, and various uh, instruments used in the uh, annihilation of the Jews to working pretty plum jobs in places like the JPL. Yes. So, okay, before we get any further down this rabbit hole, because there's more guys, I just want to pull back for a second and lay it out again. Ghislaine Maxwell's twin sisters moved to Silicon Valley, found... start up a... the first... one of the first internet search companies... Along with Christine's husband, Roger Molina, who is basically, I mean, he's a scientist, and we'll get into him in a second, whose father worked with U.S. military on jet propulsion technology in Los Angeles in the late 30s, early 40s. Mm-hmm. And there was some other weird shit going down there, too. Yes. So the team at the Jet Propulsion Lab was famously called the Suicide Squad. Yeah. And that's where that name comes from. But perhaps people are more familiar with Jack Parsons, who worked with Frank Molina. Now, Jack Parsons... He was in The Birds. No. <laughs> he was a devoted follower of Aleister Crowley. Mr. Crowley! The Aleister Crowley. Yes. Do what thou wilt, that shall be the whole of the law, Aleister Crowley. Yes. Parsons had a house, which was more like a compound in Uh Pasadena. It was called the Agape 
ranch or something like that? Gape Lodge. Uh, a Gape Lodge. I don't Which like that. Which basically it was a commune, self-sufficient commune mm-hmm. that had livestock farms which they said you know eating but also doing blood sacrifice mm-hmm. and the he used the garage for chemical experiments so this is a quote from from people describing the scene in pasadena at the time it's full of people with quote masks on some had costumes on women were weirdly dressed it was like walking into a fellini movie mm. women were walking around in togas and weird makeup some dressed up like animals like a costume party doesn't take a true detective to figure out what was going on i mean there. for god's sakes i mean this that is, is a little crazy. on the fucking nose this is crazy absolutely so this is christine maxwell's husband's father was basically in this agape lodge doing god knows what with god knows who these women were not well, also the... creating insane missiles and stuff with ex-Nazis. Yes. Thank you, Bryce. That was a great way to lay it out. Okay. Not only that. Yeah. There's Jack Parsons was by the man himself, mm-hmm. allegedly, supposedly, in correspondence, described as Crowley's American protege. Yes, he was. Um, do you want to say a little bit about Crowley? Just so, surface, because we're we we got to save a real yeah. We gotta we'll do have a, full a burn burner involving more about this. Yeah, but Crowley, as we know, was a famous uh, magic, but he was one of those guys that spelled magic. K M A G I C K, sex magic guy, uh, blood sugar sex. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, I'm not gonna say, it. not gonna say blood sugar sex magic, uh, and was basically like a Rasputin figure without a Tsarina to attach himself mm-hmm. to. Uh, floated through uh, London and uh, New York society, uh, shot dope, which much respect, hard to do. Uh, and f- Actually, he wasn't that good at it because I think he died from heroin. <laughs> uh, I'm not sure about that. But uh, he, uh, his whole thing was he wanted to resurrect a goddess, I believe, Babylon. Mm. Uh, that wasn't his whole thing, but it was it one was of the things. It was part of his thing. This yeah. isn't the, what, his founding religion or a cult. Mm-hmm. OTO? Um, yes, that's the name of it. The Ordus... Uh, Telemic. Ordus Tel- Templi Orientis. Yeah, of which there are still OTO temples around. Mm-hmm. But this is the Telemic religion i guess you would call it and he had some dealings with of course the uh hermetic order of the golden dawn different from the greek golden dawn <laughs> and actually probably just judging by latest articles that came out more successful <laughs> <laughs> and have killed less people uh yeah so crowley was you know mr crowley dun, 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 yeah okay so that's famous just black magic guy just a little bit about him but so parsons was also in the mix with another bizarro occultish figure. No. Ron Hubbard. L. Ron Hubbard? Yes. Jesus. And actually, Christ. Um, so apparently, allegedly, at one point, Hubbard was living at the Pasadena compound with Parsons. Uh-huh. Uh, and Parsons would write to Crowley singing praises of Hubbard and saying that he had the keys for. Parsons being able to do the ritual to 
summon the goddess Babylon. Yes. And Crowley was very suspicious of Hubbard, from what I read in their correspondence. Yeah, Crowley could be fairly fickle about the people who, other people he sort of saw as competition, too. Mm, or he let into his orbit. Yes. So, very strange. And as, I mean, there's lots of weird stuff with Hubbard and also the U.S. government. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, of, of course, the Scientology has their, one of their vaults, which can actually be seen from overhead satellite images, Right near the Zorro Ranch compound. Oh, Jesus Christ. So, just before we get back to the children, really quick. Parsons died, 37, in a quote-unquote accident. Yeah. At age 37, not the year 37. Involving his, an accident, a work accident. Yeah, he, uh, uh, apparently he also had died penniless. He had spent all of his money into this occult. Mm -hmm. And people kind of thought he was crazy, um, and so he was trying to sell at the moment of his untimely demise. Yeah. Uh, you know, let's call it a kawinky dink. Yeah. That he was attempting to sell rocket information to the Israelis. Yes. Very strange. Yes. Okay. Now, who else was perhaps involved with the Israelis at this time? That would be what the next one. Okay. Yeah. And who else was involved with basically rockets in the Israelis, obviously Robert Maxwell too, with the whistleblower, and mm-hmm. yes. Uh, small world, it's crazy. It's just, you know, it gets smaller every year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love, okay, I love so being connected. Roger Molina also, okay, so that was a Parsons. I don't want to get that confused with Frank Molina, who was just his comrade in arms. That's his own description. But um, Roger Molina strangely enough, had this to say about his father, Frank Molina. Mm -hmm. My father started after the kind of, you know, he left the Jelp Propulsion Lab. He was um, accused by the government of being a communist, actually. Big McCarthy Honorable. Yeah. But Roger Molina claims that basically not only was his dad, there was an FBI warrant out for his dad, Mm -hmm. but also that his dad was an FBI agent. An actual FBI agent. Yes. So it's very confusing. Yeah. Where is it? This is, yeah, this is starting to sound a little familiar. So back to Christine, now that we've given that little background information. So Christine and Frank Molina's son, Roger Molina, mm-hmm. and Christine's twin sister, Isabel, found this company. Magellan. Magellan. They sell it to Excite. $18 million, actually, 18, it looks like. Isn't that what I said? He said 16. Oh, sorry. But she's the one who wrote the notes, so it's, you know. <laughs> um, they sell the company. Then they kind of go their separate ways. Mm-hmm. And um, Christine goes on to found a company, or goes on to partner with a company called Chiliad. Yeah, sometimes pronounced Kiliad, oh. which gives me a little bit of a shiver. Kiliad. Now, that is Greek for... Millennium. Millennium. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So do you want to talk about them for a little bit? So Kiliad, it's a little difficult to parse because a lot of their uh, sort of promotional materials, first of all, seem very budget. Like it's it's all in my head is they're 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 narrated. It was the 90s. Yeah, but all the videos are narrated by a woman with a sort of older British accent, which I'm almost positive was Christine Maxwell. Yes. Uh, but they created a program for law enforcement agencies that 
let me get these quotes up here. Um, so Kiliad is basically here. Here's a little quote. For nearly 10 years, Kiliad Incorporated has been quietly working behind the scenes to develop some of the most powerful and innovative software in the U.S. government's anti-terrorism arsenal. Yeah, so this was after 9-11. Yeah. They, and, yeah, go on. So here from a description of them, the, uh, the FBI, which has 8,000 active user accounts representing intelligence agents, Analysts and agents from the FBI and multi-agency joint counterterrorism task forces. So there's eight eight thousand uh, users across at this time across the different intelligence agencies in the U.S. These users execute one million searches and analyze each month uh, and analysis each month to connect the dots across more than seven hundred million records and documents from more than fifty multi-agency multi-format data sources connected to the National Counterterrorism Center and to databases of the Department of Homeland Security, the CIA, the NSA, and the Pentagon with an average execution time of four to six seconds. So basically, they are connecting the records on each person across different agencies. This has always been the dream of intelligence agencies in the U.S. and, in fact, across the world. Now, this sounds eerily similar to Promise. Yes, which is the software that Robert Maxwell, well, the, the Israeli government stole, that Robert Maxwell helped hawk to different governments, and which included a backdoor put in by the Israelis so they could look up at the information. It's almost exactly the same. So this, what's even crazier is that there's a, there's a paper, peer-reviewed paper published mm-hmm. um, by Christine earlier than Kiliad getting this basically this massive contract with U.S. government. Yeah. Um, so this was published in 1997. And this is what she had to say about the project. In our opinion, corporate nirvana is the use of data mining tools and data warehousing will only be achieved when companies link the concept of data mining to equally sophisticated information retrieval tools. These tools will work on the basis of combined machine and human intervention in more intelligent ways than those presently offered in today's information retrieval tools. Corporations will need to run two complementary data information retrieval processes. One process will literally mine data and allow software to detect hidden patterns. Another process will query information through the posing of specific questions and secure targeted answers. Machine learning is in its present state is nowhere near the capacities of a human. After 30 years of artificial intelligence research, we can no longer claim with a straight face that machines can replace humans. Instead, we are looking for ways in which the machine can aid in a specially integrated fashion rather than replacing human intervention. We believe that the remedy is still for human and machines to work together in order to extract the most useful knowledge from a database. This all sounds a lot like social credit. Yeah, there's, you know, there's definitely some emerging internal logic. Absolutely. Like you're seeing like, oh, well, you know, these government agencies can can sort of use these cross tabs and 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 connect the dots between these different let's say user profiles uh across the different agencies uh in order to to create like a complete profile on someone. And that logic, of course, extends to the private sector as well. Yes. So it's all very strange. I, uh, so basically, <laughs> again, back up. 
after leaving, after selling off her startup mm-hmm. with her sister, she then goes on to found or is head up as the CEO of an Israeli company yep. dedicated to, quote unquote, connecting the dots between intelligence services and private companies mm-hmm. for data mining and like purposes. Complete- uh, profile social profile on somebody complete social profiling sells the, this to dod fbi nsa and private companies yeah after... the fda even in, in fact they call it a nation-sized cloud Ugh, nation-sized mm-hmm. doesn't this sound a lot like what we were talking about with facebook absolutely sounds like what we're talking about with facebook which as we know quite possibly another dod project yeah and a lot of similarities between this is between making my brain swirl i'm thinking maybe tech might not be so great yeah i don't know i'm getting that i'm getting a little creepy vibe from it but so this is as we mentioned eerily similar to the promise software that christine's father allegedly sold to the israelis yeah and it's almost indistinguishable in in a lot of ways this contract this intelligence contract Mm -hmm. was secured post 9 11 yeah which there's some questions about Israel's involvement in 9-11. <laughs> yes, there are. And the U.S. government's involvement in 9-11. And lots of people's involvement. Kiliad uh, uh, also built, I believe, the investigative data warehouse for the FBI, which is a searchable database uh, operated by the agency, um, which sounds good, right? <laughs> that sounds cool. That sounds like something you'd want Ghislaine Maxwell's sister to be involved with, right? Well... Before we run out of time, I do want to touch a little bit on also what Ghislaine and Christine's other sister got involved in Isabel. after they sold this search engine. Okay. Isabel Maxwell also went to go work for an Israeli company. Mm-hmm. ComTouch. Now, what's ComTouch? ComTouch uh, is a, according to, uh, well, it's now called Siren Limited, a cloud-based internet security technology company providing security as a service and threat intelligence solutions to businesses um so but even weirder about this uh her going to this company is that prior to this little startup that she did with her sister which didn't really go anywhere i mean it got bought yeah it didn't go anywhere that's the dream right um is that prior to that she was a film director yeah and so i have some real questions about why an israeli company is hiring her as a CEO of yeah. an email. It's a little weird. She also, I think, has a master's in education, which I think both sisters do. Yeah. Um, it's a little weird that both of these sisters just became like uh, huge tech people involved in basically the same part of the industry, which is security and analysis and data and and how their their their, their products spread across so many different companies too yes uh it's it's siren offers endpoint protection uh which i think i sort of understand what that means but they are involved with all of your smart fridges uh, with a bunch of cell phone companies mobile like uh phone manufacturers um they're, they got their fingers in a lot of pies, but they're providing security. Yes. It's all very weird. So not only... So Ghislaine's got her own shit going on. Yeah. Right? But the two girls, the two sisters, mm-hmm. like, not only 
you know, by blood relation, husband linked to, we'll just name it all out, DOD. Alistair Crowley. Alistair Crowley. Nazi physicist. Yep. Uh, FBI. FBI. Israel. Israel. Uh, missile manufacturers. <laughs> also tied into Silicon Valley. Uh, in, it's inseparable at this point. The search with search functionality and search, you know, search algorithm. Yeah. Developing that. Also tied in to national security apparatus, mm-hmm. intelligence software. Your smart refrigerator. Your smart refrigerator. And uh, theoretical work around the possibilities of data mining and human and machine intelligence. Yes. So that's the Maxwell family for you. I mean, and we haven't even gotten into the brothers. No. They kind or of seem like little dead. fail sons, though. They, they, they kind like, of remind me of the Trump kids. Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually, the two brothers, um, they, I can't remember, there was like some lawsuit where they they were like embroiled in a lawsuit about committing fraud, and it yeah. was like a really obviously terrible like isn't stupid. bill browder tied into all this too oh my god we are not even getting we don't have time to get into that uh, but just to let you people know bill browder look him up but uh son of earl browder yeah also quote, allegedly the protege of robert maxwell yeah so jesus fucking christ so we've got a lot of i mean this is just what's like emerging from this entire podcast it's yes. like the crosshairs of intelligence Silicon Valley, technology. Rich people. Of course. Yeah. The uh, mob. Israel. The CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, trying to think of other people. Pedophiles. <laughs> DOD. <laughs> yeah. Uh, FBI. Artificial intelligence. Uh, being frozen after you're dead. I mean. Cryo-freezing. Yeah, and sexual perversion. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the occult. Yes. So basically, Pizzagate's real. Mm-hmm. And Babylon will be reborn. In lives. No! Yes. No, she's redhead, apparently. Well, I can die ya. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, that's been a lot. Yes. Yeah, that is a lot to take in. Uh, l- close your eyes, reconnect your telemic energy from earth to sky, and sit with me in prayer. No, don't do any of that on that. No, I'm okay. a God-fearing woman. Yeah, I'm of all, I'm more afraid of Satan. <laughs> well, you know, fair enough. Uh, yeah, so thank you for sticking with us through all that. I know it's yeah, a lot. Yeah, sorry, guys, if we went on for too long. Not our fault. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so much out there. They shouldn't have done this. <laughs> are committed to bringing you the truth. We will see you next week. That is, This is me, your host, Brace Robert Maxwell Crowley Belden. I'm Liz. And we're joined by producer Young Chomsky. Uh, and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.